You're listening to the God Center Mom Podcast with me, Heather McFadden. As the mom of four young boys, I know motherhood's hard. But sometimes I think I make it harder than it needs to be by putting myself in the center of things or even my kids. I forget to place God there and be led by His Spirit. I also tend to forget that I'm surrounded by God. He goes before me, He walks with me on the hard days, and He comes behind me when I make a mistake. So each week I'll interview someone new and we'll discuss what it means to be a God-centered mom. Thanks for listening. You're listening to episode 18 of the God-Centered Mom podcast. I wanted to take a quick second and just thank some gals for uh, putting reviews on iTunes. Julie JBC, I'm so glad that you've enjoyed the personality podcast and the mom guests that I have on. I agree with you. I I learned so much from their wisdom and I love sharing them with y'all. Um, thank you, Mom in Midland, Michigan. Uh, that I'm also thankful that it inspires you to be the best mom you can be. And Gretchen Louise, how fun that y'all have a friend, that you have a friend who's encouraging you to listen and that y'all can chat about these podcasts afterwards. That's a great community builder thing I would never have thought of. So thanks for sharing that idea. Seven Chris 10, even though you're not a mom right now, I am also thankful that this could help you as you work with kids in your classroom. So thanks again for writing reviews and hopefully it's helping moms find this podcast and to be encouraged and I can't wait to share today's guest with you. Thanks a lot, y'all. Welcome y'all to the God-Centered Mom podcast. I am excited to have an author on our podcast today and this author actually uh, met uh, in person once but uh, have really just gotten to know her through online and reading her wonderful writing. Um, Her name is Jennifer Dukes Lee. She actually is trained in this whole writing business. Um, She is an award-winning news journalist, and uh, now she is a storyteller and a grace dweller, and she blogs about her faith and her life at um, www.jenniferdukeslee.com. She also writes over at The High Calling, and Jennifer is right now in Northwest Iowa with on a farm, which is so fun to go from the journalist world to the farm with her two daughters um, and her farmer husband. So welcome, Jennifer, to the God-Centered Mom podcast. I'm so excited to have you. And the reason, the main reason, y'all, that I invited Jennifer is, well, besides her being a fabulous writer, is she has a new book out that just came out this last week um, called Love Idol. So, Jennifer, I can't wait to talk to you about this book. Welcome. Well, it is so good to be here, and hello to all the moms listening in. Yes. Oh, I I think y'all she wrote my book because this is just so good. This is so my idol, Jennifer. I don't, I mean, mm-hmm. I'm sure you're hearing this over and over from women, um, this resonating. Uh, do you want to give a quick description of... Sure. Overview of the book real quick. You bet. Uh, Love Idol is, uh, the subtitle of it is um, letting go of your need for approval and seeing yourself through God's eyes. Um, I think it can seem strange for something like love to be called an idol (laughs) (laughs) because the Bible tells us that love is the greatest gift. The greatest of these is love. That's what Paul writes in 1 Corinthians. And so it's hard to think that love could be an idol, but 
that's the funny thing about idols. They dress themselves up in um, some of the greatest gifts. That's how food can become an idol in someone's mm-hmm. life. Mm-hmm. Or money. We need money to you know, purchase goods and services, but that can become an idol in someone's life. We don't get rid of money and we don't get rid of food. We also don't get rid of love and approval. We just need to um, consider how we're letting these different uh, gifts, how they define our lives. Are we seeking the approval of others? Are we racing around in our performances, in our good performances, to try to earn some respect or feel significance in those performances? Those are the kind of things that we begin to ask ourselves at the beginning of Love Idol as we take a deep look inside of our hearts and decide, how have I been defining my life all of this time? And um, it affects people who feel kind of like a nobody in a back, the back row of life, um, just feeling very not enough every time they look at their lives or look in the mirror. But it also affects the people who um, are that we think of as the real somebodies. Mm. Um, you know, it can affect um, authors. It can it it affects it affected me in my in my career as a news journalist because um, I was constantly racing for the next big assignment and another front page byline and. I identified myself by my good performance and by my, my work. So Love Idol comes out in um, perfectionism quite often, in mm-hmm. performance-based living, in people-pleasing, and also any time where we really are feeling not enough. God is coming back saying, here is who you really are. And that's where the book ends. Is It starts with this exploration of what's going on on the inside, and then it spends a lot of time um, identifying places in the Bible and in our own lives where it's clear that we are exactly as God created and we are loved and approved already. I love it. So good. And I think it's great that you did mention it's not just for the overachievers and the perfectionists, that it's also for the those who hide behind that insecurity of, of, of fear of, mm-hmm. of what if I go after it and, and I don't get everyone's approval. Um, right. Because uh, I think that's the mo- more covert version of it and, um, and and they may not even realize that that's the heart of the issue. I do think we – let's spend some time talking about the word idol. Sure. Because it's such an antiquated word and I think that um, if you haven't spent time studying it, I did a great study, um, No Other God by mm-hmm. Kelly Mintner, and it really goes delves into – this concept of, um, is, it's not a, a, a gold, right. Like object sitting on a table. It's not just TV. Like it's can be an abstract concept, um, too, or a good thing that we pursue. So, um, yeah, in your mind, when you pick the word idol, uh, how did you define it? Yes, that's a, that, that's a great question. And I think you already really said it. It's anything that sets itself up, sets itself up as a God in our lives. Mm-hmm. And, um, the enemy is really tricky with that, placing idols in our lives that can look like good things. I mean, they're, they, are, they are things like food and money and relationships. We, can, we might make idols of our children. Mm. We don't have golden calves generally or, you know, sculpted <laughs> figure on some throne in some room somewhere. You know, that would be really obvious. There are things that are right, right around us. Um, you know, um, an idol could be a love idol could be, um, you know, you're maybe 40 years old and your father has still never said that he loves you. Mm-hmm. And you are still 
wanting and of course we want that it's right and wonderful to be loved we're created for love but at some point we have to look at our lives and look at our relationships and ask ourselves is god really enough is Mm -hmm. god's love enough Mm -hmm. what if i never hear what i want from my father what if i do never perform to the standards that i have set out for myself what if i fail Mm. Is God really enough? If these things were taken away, is he enough? Mm. And that's how we can start to identify some love, some idols in our lives. Yeah. Well, and I think in a, in a culture where it's rewarded to get approval, you mm-hmm. know, the whole get more likes, uh, more comments, more retweets, the approval monster idol is rewarded. I mean, a friend was just telling me even for kids in high school or even junior high, they'll be on Instagram and a hashtag they'll use is 50 likes, please. And if they Mm -hmm. don't get it, then they'll delete the whole post. I mean, the entire drive to what they're doing and how they're living and the pictures they're taking is for others to see. Another friend told me that on Instagram, there's a new filter you can add where your features change to be mm. more attractive, mm. that they can enhance a picture and that they don't want to even be who they are and they're getting the approval based on someone they aren't. And I think mm. you go into that sometimes you're like, you, y'all, when you read this book, Jennifer, I, I've just started studying writing, just to backtrack, I've just started studying this art. Jennifer has lived in this art for a while and it shows. I mean, she beautifully shares stories from her journalism past, she takes us to the farm, she takes us through the eyes of her child, and and just, I think, Jennifer, you weave, a, in a way, a memoir, and yet an instructive guide um, that you're, like, you're not dreading to read a nonfiction. Does that make sense? Like, sometimes I yes. have these nonfictions, and I think, oh, I really want to work on that, but then I get you know, two or three chapters in, I'm like, okay, yeah, I've got a problem with that. Okay. And I put the book away, but with yours, I'm so curious to get to the rest of your story. The memoir part that I'm, you know, I'm along for the ride. Let's go. I, I, you know, I'm captivated. And, um, so I think, you know, anyone listening, if, if this even piques your interest or you struggle with this love idol, I think you'll also just enjoy Jennifer's writing. Thank you. That's so that's so nice to hear, Heather, as a writer, because that was my desire. And I'm glad that came through because my my desire is to whatever I whatever I teach, whenever I write is to do so through story. I think, you know, you look at the Gospels and Jesus was always Mm -hmm, using stories and parables. And and that's how we learn from Scripture. You know, we have our memorized verses and the truths, but it's those stories that where we can relate to, to a character or to a person and know that, um, oh, this person has experienced that too. So I'm really glad that that came through. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah, and I totally forgot what I was saying before that because I got <laughs> so caught up in your writing. I was talking about self You were talking about idols yeah. um, and, and what they look like. Yeah, and I think, you know, you kind of, oh, I know what I was saying. In your writing and in your story, you're really vulnerable and you take us on your journey of being um, how teachers may have influenced or reinforced Mm -hmm. just your environment and how it reinforces, like I was saying, our culture kind of reinforces this approval monster. And then you go and you kind of take us on the journey of, of being unaware, seeking it through your, your journalism 
which y'all got to hear some of her stories. I mean, interviewing vice president, presidential candidates. And I mean, the, this, this chapter where you are about to go to Timothy McVeigh's execution. Yes. I, I, I couldn't put it down and I had to, because I was supposed to get off my plane, but I, <laughs> you take us through that and you even are vulnerable enough to say, and this is what I think is important and what you kind of hit on earlier. It doesn't just because just in your, you thought giving up the journalist life that that would go away. Yes. But it followed you kind of talk through that. What did it look like once you did, you thought you were giving it up by giving up the job and the accolades and going to the farm. What did it change into? It was, that was so interesting to me. Um, about the time that it was 2001, just, a, you know, the, the towers had come down. September 11th had happened. I was pregnant with our first child. I was going through um, a, a turning, an internal, a, a coming to Jesus, yeah. really, again yeah. and again. Um, there were lots of things happening in the world and lots of things happening in me, including this, the birth of this child. And it, and at the same time, we were being wooed back to the farm just for a, a simpler life. Um, and Scott wanted to to farm with his father. He went to law school, and and he he'd kind of been chasing and performance based living as well. And we had this faith these uh, this faith turning happening, and we decided that we were just going to give all that up, and it was time to just live a different kind of life. And we came here, and I suddenly didn't have my drug of choice mm. approval. I didn't have anybody giving me an girl anymore. I was completely unknown. I felt like Scott's wife. This was his home community. People were kind, good people here, but I felt very lonely and mm. I felt I had no identity. It was a very, at the, at the time it was very painful, but it was an important stripping away mm. because in that process I found that peace is not about a place. You can't run away mm. from your problem. Peace is about a person and the person of Jesus Christ. Mm. And so my problem was um, like a parasite. A parasite will attach to its host so that wherever the host goes, the parasite stays. Mm. So I had some tending to the parasite of yeah. approval. Once I came to the farm, it didn't matter that we had moved four hours north into this beautiful country. And um, I began uh, doing a lot of Bible studies. I didn't even know that I, I didn't have it identified as an idol. I didn't have it identified as a problem with approval, really. Mm. I just felt no peace. Yeah. And um, I led uh, many Bethmore Bible studies through those years, those workbook studies. With yeah. The oh, yeah. Totally gotcha. I'm right there with you. Yes. Yeah. And mm-hmm. probably about two a year. And it, and I, um, in about 2009, um, when I, after I started blogging, I was looking through those workbooks and it did not matter what the workbook was. It could have been the study of Esther or believing God or breaking free. Mm-hmm. I was always trying to break free from approval. Mm-hmm. I would look at the answers. And, you know, Beth would be asking a question like, you know, that really pinpoints your core issue. She just does such a wonderful job of getting you to identify your core issue. And again and again, you know, four years worth of studies. It was all right there in my own handwriting. Yep. And... I began to study a lot then in the Bible about what does God say about who I am? What does God say about approval? And I be, I began to pinpoint that this was an idol in my life, wanting the approval of others. And um, I, at the same time, though, I start 
writing a blog that becomes more quote popular right and people are liking it and sending nice comments and leaving comments and then facebook comes along and we're liking and sharing mm-hmm. so i daily have to tend right to love idols because i know how i'm made i know that i am a human being that has a craving for love and approval which is fine but i have to put god in there all the time the heart is like a garden Mm-hmm. And a garden needs to be tended daily. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, the weeds of discontent grow up in it. Mm-hmm. So you tend to the garden, pull out weeds, plant Christ. Pull out weeds, plant Christ. Mm-hmm. And hopefully, you know, the garden, it should put more and more Christ in it, become more and more beautiful. And so the, we just, as women, as men, um, continue to tend to our hearts with Scripture, with the body of Christ, with um, surrounding ourselves with truth, both around uh, in the people around us and what we're putting into us. And that was what I was going to ask you: is you know, if your as your heart is a garden, and what does it look like for you to pull out the weeds? What would be a tangible thing you do? Sure. Um, the there are a number of things that uh, that a person can do to overcome idols and to pluck out the weeds. Of course, is one of the main, probably the number one way to do that is to remind. Ask God to remind you over and over again who you really are. And scripture is, in it has been said, as a love letter, letter to, to God's people. Mm. So to be in scripture, to be in the body of Christ among healthy believers, reminding one another who we really are is important. Mm. Um, another th- important thing to do in terms of um, weeding the garden is to um, plant in other people's gardens mm. and not let anybody know about it. Right. That is such a wonderful wonderful way to overcome any kind of approval is to give to others, but not to let the left hand know what the right hand is doing. Yes. Scripture tells us. Yes. That is a wonderful way to overcome approval. Um, those are those are three three main ones. I in fact I have a, a article ready to go up for uh, Monday in which I share ten ways to overcome approval and it will oh, offer some more that I can share with you on Monday. Perfect. And well, and this um, podcast will go live Monday. So we'll just Wonderful. link on over there and people will get those 10 things. And um, also there'll be show notes on my blog post that goes with this podcast. And um, y'all I'll make sure to put a link to Jennifer's blog so you can find her and to her book. Um, so for you personally, you said it's like a garden. So, and I know as bloggers, as writers who write on these topics, we're not claiming to be experts. We're not psychologists. We're not pastors. We, you know, we are sharing our journey, right? Right. So in your journey, you, you know, had you come to Jesus, you moved to Iowa. At what point, you know, you're doing the Bethmore studies, you go back, you're reflecting with the blogging and you're seeing a common theme. Did you ever feel, I was just reading in your chapter on, um, which a great chapter on the healing and do you really want to be well? You, mm-hmm. you have your moment. Did you have a moment of that's enough? I'm done yes. with that. And then it's yes. attending. What took you to that moment? Can you- right. Um, I think that that chapter really talks about that, that mm-hmm. do you want to get well? And, and I'm trying to flip to it in the, in the book. Um, are you, have you completed that chapter? Heather? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So yeah. here's, here is the story and it's, um, 
trying to turn to it, and I apologize. No worries. I should know where these stories are in my. In I think my it's chapter book. seven, maybe. Okay. There we go. Okay, it's that story. It's so it's on page one hundred three in, in my book. Yeah. Want to get well, and it's referencing the story in John five, and it's a story of this sick man who's in need of a cure, and the Bible says he was. Um, he, he had been, like all of his life, 38 years, he had been coming to this healing pool in Jerusalem every day. And every day he found himself in the same spot, just laying there. And people would go to that pool. A mysterious hand would make the water in the pool um, become some kind of healing water. And somebody, some people would say it was an angel of the Lord and that the first one to touch the waters would be cured of whatever was wrong with mm, them. Mm. But um, that guy um, could never get there fast enough, he said. So he just laid there every day. And so that I, I looked at that story. I'm like, that is me. Mm. Because I, I was about 38 years old at the time when I read that. I'm 42 now. Like, that is so me. Mm. You know, instead of like, oh, that poor guy, you know, I feel so bad. I'm like, no, that's me. I'm just... Mm. I'm just so content, and I don't want to get well. That's the question that Jesus comes to that man eventually by the point. He says, hey, do you want to get well? Do you really want to get well? And if you read that story in Scripture, the guy kind of comes up with all these reasons why he can't get to the pool fast enough. Mm -hmm. And I was like that. I just I just oh, never really did want to get well because I Aware of it. Jesus. Aware of it, but not, not yeah, willing okay. to do the work that it took to really... Right. Yeah. So Jesus asked me that question, Jennifer, do you want to get well? Well, then get up, pick up your mat that you've been laying on all these years and just walk free. And I literally stood up and walked. I mean, it was such a freedom for me. The scripture really came alive on the page and alive in me. And so that John 5 was, was a point of great freedom for me in this. Um, but, you know, I think that the one thing that's important for people to remember is that we are not a once and done people. Yeah. We have to continue to tend to the heart garden. So once you've made that commitment to, yes, I want to get well, it's not like God doesn't just, well, he can, he can, and he does sometimes, you know, lift something that is an addiction for people. I know many alcoholics and many drug addicts who have been, you know, cured of their, their illness. But what I am finding in my life is that I have to daily tend to this issue yeah. so that it doesn't become an idol in my life again. I have to continually put up eviction notices. Well, and I think the person who's, this is an idol, they're, you know, the perfectionism and the wanting to do it right is so right there with it. Yes. So the discouragement of if you go back into it, you think, well, then I'll never be free of this. And, and just to know that it is, it is, it is a sanctif, that word is really big, sanctifying process, but it's a becoming like Christ over time. It's a dependence on him over time that grows deeper. Yes. It's not a one moment. I think that's really good to say. That's exactly right. Yes. Yeah. Early on when I was writing the book, I said to a pastor friend of ours, he's not our pastor, but he's a good friend of ours, my husband and I, and, and I said, would you be on a prayer team? I'm going to start writing a book. And he asked me, well, what's the book about? And I said, um, I texted him back these exact words. It's a book about making peace with yourself and with whom God made you to be. The book is for people who crave approval and who fear that at any moment the world will see what a mess they really are. Mm. Funny, because you might think a person should be cured before they write such a book. Mm -hmm. But even as I write, I find myself in the midst of this battle daily. And the pastor texted back, 
and he wrote these exact words, that is the thing, the cure is the process. Yeah. That has been freeing for me. Mm -hmm. That is what grace does in our lives. Mm -hmm. Grace walks alongside and God walks alongside and says, I'm going to help you with that again today and I will be there tomorrow. But I will not leave you orphaned today as you yeah. tend to this. I'm with you. We're in this until you get to the finish line where, where awaits us the divine accolade. We want accolades here. We want girls, and we may want applause here. But if we would just keep an eternal perspective because the divine accolade is coming and that's the one at the finish line where we he hear these words, well done, good and faithful servant. The best approval. And, and y'all, she has, um, you have them on your site, right? The little pre-approved. Yes. Yeah. That people can print off or I took a picture of it and it's my screensaver on my phone because that tends to be my idol of choice is, you know, seeking an escape and approval through my phone. And so the first thing that pops up is the pre-approved. Mm. I don't need to seek it. He, he's already given me all approval, better approval, more approval than I could ever find in a person. And, um, so y'all can go find that if you need a tangible. I'm kind of, I'm very visual, tangible person. So that's great. And those are at loveidolbook.com. Loveidolbook.com. Okay. Love. Loveidolbook.com. Okay. And if you scroll down, then it, it will um, have uh, the printables there. And people are putting them on their bathroom scales, on their mirrors, on their refrigerators, on yeah. their computers, their day planners. Um, anywhere where a love idol lurks, where they feel like they have to measure up to something. And you've done something uh, a little extreme over Lent. Yes. <laughs> tell everyone what you've been doing. Sure. And I, I, um, I want to tell your, your um, listeners here, um, before I tell you about okay. my Lent, okay. that they, if they take pictures of those yeah. themselves with the, or their scale or wherever they put it pre-approved, please put them over on the Love Idol Movement page on Facebook. I love to share those with the Love Idol community, and I'm putting I'm putting a collection of them together um, on my blog, and I link out to whoever whoever shares those on the Love Idol Movement page on Facebook. So go I ahead. Mirrors for Lent. Okay. Um, that was um, something as a I gave up real mirrors and metaphorical ones. Mm. Um, because I wanted not to, I didn't want to see my reflection until Easter morning because I want to better reflect Christ and I want to know uh, who I really am and who Christ says I am. So all of my mirrors are covered with large pre approved printables. And how's that going? It's, it's actually going fine. It's been funny. I have had more speaking engagements and uh, public outings. <laughs> because of the release of the book than I ever have in all of my life. So that becomes a little complicated. I mean, literally, I'm like, how do you put on mascara? This is my, my practical mind is like, I'm trying to picture you putting on mascara. Well, I've had about 20 years of practice. <laughs> so you really literally are putting it on. I do. I, yeah, I put, I put on some makeup. There's some things I can't do very well, like eyeliner. It just seems dangerous. I don't know. I'm, I, I, I'm like, or, I mean, I have contacts. Like I would miss my eye probably. But yeah. Maybe there's more that I'm not. I think it's yeah. great. And, and, you know, I, I mean, I even think about that. I'm like, okay, well, maybe I should have just given up all, you know, all beauty products or something. But no. I don't think it's, I don't think it's wrong for us to, to, you know, accentuate what we have. Like I love my eyelashes. Yes. I think it's fine to yeah. Yeah. feel beautiful. Yeah. But so much of makeup and so much of clothes is about covering up what we don't like about ourselves. 
Yeah. If we could just start to see ourselves, you know, look in the mirror and say, you know what? I see a whole woman there, not a series of parts. I know some beautiful women mm. who I, that look at themselves and see only the flaws that, you know, their nose is too big. Their eyes are too far apart. Their hair is mousy brown. Mm. I don't know a woman who doesn't look at the mirror and see first the flaws. Yeah. And um, I began to ask myself what my girls were seeing. Do they see me? like cringe when I see my reflection or, um, you know, they ask me how much I weigh and I'll be like, I'm not telling you. Um, they, um, do they, do they see me suck in my gut in the mirror, that post baby pouch? Yes. Yes, Our friend. Right. And so like, how, what are they learning? I want to, I say to my girls all the time, you are enough and you're beautiful. But am I really saying that to myself? Am I really modeling that in my own life? They see me take pictures and you talked about that Instagram thing that takes your features away. I use filters all the time. I can take five years off my face with something called the Amaro filter. I mean, you know what I mean? It's like, what yeah. am I really doing here? Yeah. Am I really is, is what well, I need to show the girls that these lines on my face are this is years of living and of having experienced life. And yeah. there is beauty there that things aren't just to be covered up. And how like, old are your girls? You, we didn't 12. even t- say that earlier. Lydia is 12 and she is just like me in the sense that she is a high achieving perfectionist wants to excel she's got a speech at 12 15 that's i'm going yeah, to be gotta, getting ready yeah you gotta go soon yeah okay. yeah go and and i'm i'm going to be looking at my pre-approved printables mm. my makeup <laughs> praying for my girl and she's got her pre-approved necklace on today because she is so worried that she is not going to do well that's with her speech today mm. And so we have spent a lot of time in prayer together over that. And it's just her little heart is a garden that's got those weeds of discontent growing up already. Mm. If there's, you know, a mom's out there, I just, I can just imagine you out there, ma- mamas, with your nodding your head because maybe a lot of your firstborns are like this. Yeah, yeah. It's such a firstborn tendency. Yeah. And we're, Lydia and I are, are learning that line between perfectionism and excellence. We should do well. God's yeah. given us these gifts to do well, and we're so proud of her. But I literally dare her to get bees. Mm, yeah. And I did not want to get bees when I was young, and I dare her to get a bee. I'm like, just see, just watch, see yeah. how you how you'll be fine. You know, yeah. you're not going to die if you get a bee. Yeah. Just watch how you're able to just go on with your life. Yeah. So it's terrible. Sometimes I actually pray that she doesn't. That's so funny. <laughs> Because there's greater lessons to be learned than doing the best. Oh, I hear you. I'm so the one who's never going to try anything that I'll fail. I'm so, yep. you know, even skiing, silly things like skiing. I'm going to stick with the blues because I can do them with confidence and not fall. You know, yes. I'm not going to go for a black and risk that. So, you know, I, 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 feel, I understand her for sure. Life. Yeah, or risk my life. Yeah, that's true. That too. I'm I'm a safety first girl. So you have Lydia, who's 12, and then you have another daughter. Yes, Anna is nine, and she is. I mean, she has her own approval issues to deal with. We all do. Yeah. But um, she is. She is really. She teaches all of us because Scott is like like I am. You know, performance driven. Lydia is. Anna is this sweet little minister. Really, mm-hmm. because she she doesn't get worked up about. She does very well in school. She does 
she's she is a a pretty a lovely girl you know but she just doesn't worry about those things she doesn't fret about how she looks she doesn't fret about if she does get a b she doesn't worry about these things and um she's she actually gave up mirrors with me she's like mom i don't want you to do this alone she has a really good sense of what it means to be pre-approved and but she's nine, you know, it's coming. It's just the reality of junior high. It's yeah. just, or, or it's just, I, you know, my second born is more like that too. Just this, you know, not even aware that they're, you know, liked and, and that's the most attractive part You know that they are attractive and they're not caring for approval. Yes. They don't need it. And so that's like appealing to others, which should be a lesson to us, you know, yes. the desperation for, I need your approval I need, is actually a turnoff. <laughs> then if you were just like totally confident in Christ and, and people could see him and they'd be drawn to you, drawn to you to the authentic yes. reflection of Christ, like you were saying. Mm-hmm. Um, well, yeah, I think, I think this could be, I, I mean, love idol for girls. I mean, I see a follow-up book, you know, like to get the hearts ready for daughters, yeah. Before they get into the college or the, you know, the, the high school, the college, you know, all of it's coming where these idols come out in life altering ways, you know, whether it's eating disorders or it's um, seeking boys or, you know, careers. Exactly- yeah. So I think I think we've got um we've got your next book already written. <laughs> I like to do that for people. I like to come up That's with their books wonderful. for them, create the work for them. Um, well, you know, real quick, I know we have to go. Our time is almost up, but I do, you know, as a mom and a lot of these listeners are moms and we've spent a lot of time talking about approval, maybe with people. I know for myself, my people pleasing and approval really came out when I had children and noticed how my parenting changed when I was around certain people because I wanted them to, to think well of me. Um, and and then it was different when I was home, I was in, I have all boys, I have four boys. And so when they would act out, some of my anger was Mm. really at the root of it, the needing the approval and my boys were wild and I wasn't getting the approval because of their behavior. And so then the anger came. Does that make sense? Like they were, they were the, they were the obstacle to me getting my reward and, um, so, yeah, did you struggle with that with mothering any of yes. your Yes. You know, I mean, I think immediately I think of times when on a Sunday morning we're racing around this house and can't find the right shoes that go with the right dress that they want to wear and I snap or, you know, give them a look that is like, how dare you? Like, we got to hurry. We can't be late for church. Yeah, right. And, yeah. you know, there's this just like this bitterness that just like flies out this anger that just flies out and because I want to get our happy little family to church mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. you know we're at church in one mile because it's a country church that I could actually see out my kitchen window and you know by the time we're there I mean the girls are just kind of you know wiping away tears because mom had a freak attack on them yeah. because the, you know I mean it's just it's inauthentic living yeah. and um and I, I share, I think I share that story. Isn't that funny how I wrote a book and I can't remember if I shared that story, but I think Well, that's I mean, I don't think people realize the process of the book writing is years. Yeah. It's years. And yeah, you have I, looked at edits, maybe not the whole thing. I mean, it's not like you just wrote it last week. So yes, I do grace. take that as an anecdote. I certainly have talked about it on my blog. Yeah. So yes, I, I understand what you're saying with your book. 
animals. And so I think my drive almost to lose this idol, to rip it out, is I could be doing all the perfect Pinterest activities. I could be teaching my boys the Bible. We could, you know, do prayers at bedtime. We could... I could be monitoring their video games and making sure they don't watch too much of this. I could be doing all the right, you know, healthy foods and yet sabotage it all because of this idol. Yes. I'm losing their hearts because they see the hypocrisy. They see the false living. They see the, well, mom really only cares what people think. That's right. And it doesn't really matter how, you know, she doesn't really care about us. She wants, and I'm missing my children's approval in seeking a stranger's approval on an airplane. You know? Right. Oh my goodness. It's such a great example. Or how many times, you know, suddenly somebody will call, um, yeah, I'll be over in 10 minutes and you're barking orders at the kids because yeah. the house has got to get cleaned up, you yeah. know? Oh yeah. Like, uh, yeah, I you, you gave that example. Somebody, yeah. So I'm going to take it out of my kids. Like, hurry up, pick up your Legos, whatever. Yeah. And you know, so, it's funny. Sometimes I'll be like, okay guys, we got to clean the house today. And that Lydia will say, why is somebody coming over? Yes. Yeah, of course, because we can just live like pigs and you know, someone's coming and then they don't want to see that we actually live like pigs. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Well, I think that this book, like I told you um, through social media, I was reading it on, on my flight back from Chicago and a mom with older kids, she saw it and she's like, what's that? You know, and I showed it to her and she, you know, I just said, you can, you can read it until we land. So she did, you know, I think. And a babysitter asked me about it, and uh, she's going to do it with her group. I think that this is this is definitely a movement, like you described it, and um, a much needed one, and the one that God, you know, it's the first commandment: there should be no other God before me. And so, let's get rid of this one for sure. That's exactly right. So, thank you for being on. I can't wait to share you with all of my listeners, and I hope y'all have a good day. Well, thank you. It was so nice to be here, and God bless you and all the mamas listening. Thanks. Thanks for listening to the God-Centered Mom podcast. I hope you enjoyed our guests as much as I did. And if you're looking for resources on how to replace me with he, go to GodCenteredMom.com. I want you to know that God is just as present at your kitchen sink as your church pew, that he sees your service and he is pleased. The Lord your God is with you. He is mighty to save. He takes great delight in you and he will quiet you with his love. He will rejoice over you with singing. Have a great day.